Father, we thank you for the songs that have been sung, the prayers that have been prayed, an opportunity to worship you in giving. And now as we come to the time to declare your word, we ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our hearts, that we will grow thereby, that we will be like trees that are planted by the waters, and that our fruit will come forth in the due season. We thank you and honor you for it all. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Everybody, we are in a new series, the series for this season. For those of you all that uh, have been brought up in traditional church, you know that um, this past Wednesday was Ash Wednesday. For those of y'all that are a little bit more Southern, you know that this past Tuesday is what they call Fat Tuesday. Uh, it's a time where you eat everything you're going to eat, you drink everything you're going to drink, you do everything you're going to do, because Wednesday starts off the Lent season. Lent, what we're going to talk, that's the whole series that we're getting ready to go into. Actually, the entire title is Lent, Reflection, and Preparation. And we're going to be going through talking about the significance of Lent and how it affects us today. Sometimes when we make adjustments and changes, sometimes we go from one extreme to another extreme, and then we figure out what the happy medium is. Uh, back in the day, everybody was doing Lent. Then folks said, that's too restrictive, so they stopped doing Lent. And now some folks is going to doing some modifications during that time period. But today we're just going to talk about our first episode of the six and our first topic is going to be on death and death is a very uncomfortable topic so secular society tries to hide it and religious try to turn it into a welcome friend but the Bible defines death as the greatest enemy to humanity. The good thing is, it's an enemy which Christ has defeated. So through faith in Jesus Christ, the God-man, and in his defeated death and resurrection, we too can be given victory over death. So this should give us hope through all suffering and the motivation to begin to work for the kingdom of God now. It's going to be a our scripture today is going to be a very familiar scripture. It's coming out of 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, going through, starting at that 50th verse. A lot of y'all that have been in church for a while would have heard this probably on either the Good Friday service or on Resurrection Sunday. But we're going to do it today. So we're on our first episode of our series Lent, Reflection, and Preparation. And our subtopic for today is going to be the victory is here. The victory is here. So our first definition for this series is Lent. Lent is a fast of 40 days, beginning with Ash Wednesday and continuing till Easter. It is observed by some Christian churches 
as commemorative. Mm, what's that word? Yeah, commemorative. I, I said it 50 times and now I've got tongue tied. Of the fast of our Savior. Reflection. Reflection is the act of reflecting or turning or sending back or the state of being reflected. Preparation, the act of preparing or fitting beforehand for a particular purpose, use, service, or condition. And our final definition for today is victory. Victory is the defeat of an enemy in battle or of an antagonist in any contest. A gaining of the superiority in any struggle or competition, conquest, or triumph. Those are our definitions. But I want to take a moment on the definition of Lent. A lot, we look at 40 as being a super significant number of days in the Bible. As, as we heard in the definition, Jesus, after he was baptized by John the Baptist, and he then was called by the Holy Spirit, took him into the wilderness, the Bible says, to be tempted of the devil. Now, he was taken into the wilderness. After he'd been in the wilderness 40 days, the devil shows up. Now, while he was in the wilderness... He did not eat anything. Some of us can't go 40 minutes without eating. 40 days is a very, 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 very big task. And so we, when we look at this and we see what Jesus has done, we see that this was a very significant event. So they have the found the fathers of Christianity came up with this time period that we would give, put away something uh, for the 40 days leading up to the time of Jesus' resurrection. And so that's where the tradition came from. So 40 days prior to that, they do a consecration service whereby they take some palm uh, leaves from the previous Palm Sunday the year before, and they burn them, and they make like this ash out of them. Then you go to this Ash Wednesday service, and they take those ashes, and they usually anoint your forehead with a cross or just slap them on your forehead. They put them on you somehow so you have ashes on your forehead. Now, the significance of the ashes on your forehead is when you are going through a time that you knew was going to be a time of fasting and prayer, the consecration portion was that you would anoint your head with ashes so folks would know that you're going through fasting. Now, what happened with some of, some of, some of the people back in the day, they would get a big old handfuls of, of ash and they would put it across their head so everybody would feel sorry for them so they was fasting. <laughs> That's why Jesus said, sometimes when you're fasting, you don't have to let no one know. This is between you and God. But if you want everybody to know, then you continue to go on with that. It talks about how when Job, when he was going through his situation, not only did he anoint himself with ash, he went and sat in the ash pile so everybody would know that he was going through. And so 
As we look at it, we can see the various significance of what this time period is. Uh, I know some churches, they have, they go through what they call meatless Mondays, right? And then they don't eat no meat on Mondays. That's part of this, the Lenten process. There's some folks that do um, fish only on Fridays. And, and some of those things have come along and just become a part of regular lives. Some folks, that's all they do is they won't eat meat on Mondays and they'll only eat fish on Fridays. So things can become a part of your lifestyle as you go through this process. But the thing that we really want to realize about the fasting is the fact that we have to lock in on what it is that we are fasting about when we go through this process. Now, don't get me wrong. It's okay to fast to lose weight. It's okay. They have a, a new philosophy right now called intermittent fasting where you only eat 12 hours between, you know, between 6 and 6 and some folks even got dropped it down to 8 hours. They have these time periods where you only eat certain time periods and go on from there. So fasting has some benefits to the body, but the intention of fasting when we're talking about for the spiritual self is that it is to take away the time that you would be eating and you would take that time to read your word, to 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 uh, be before God with prayer and, 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 and taking that time that you would be doing, pre preparing and, and doing all these things to eat and you're instead to dedicating that time to God. Now today, some of us have taken that time to say, okay, for I'm going to fast social media and we still eat those five cheeseburgers and uh, uh, the, French, the, you know, the three things of French fries but we got to top it off with the Diet Coke because we don't want to gain no weight. Um, so, but we have to realize that there should be a balance in everything that we do when we are doing this. Okay? Now, I just want to set that up. That, that, that wasn't in my notes. That was just in, in my head, and I had to get it out so I could go ahead and get into my notes. And so we have to look at what we have because of Jesus. And that's what the first thing that we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be looking at what Jesus has done for us because of his sacrifice for us. And so as we are looking at what Jesus has done for us, we, we will discover that this is a victory that he has achieved in our lives. Again, 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, starting at the 50th verse. This is Paul in the English Standard Version. He says, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. In a moment, in the twinkling of, the, of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. Behold, I tell you a mystery. 
We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable and this mortal body must put on immortality. The sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. And then he says, Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it will fall upon the good soul of our heart in Jesus' name. Now, the problem of death is the great problem that faces humankind. Throughout human history, people have disagreed what to do with death. The church itself is even confused about the place of death in a believer's life. Two, two answers have usually been offered to the problem of death. There, there's the secular answer and the religious answer. The secular answer has always been to hide from death. And the way we hide is that we pretend that death doesn't exist or at least to never look at it. So we go get plastic surgery. We worry about being fit and worry about healthy eating. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong, but some of us take it to such an extreme that we're trying to be more uh, cognizant of trying to uh, be like we were in our 20s. Anything to stay away from disease and death. We hide our nursing homes. We, we hide all signs of aging. Out of sight, out of mind. And the religious answer, and the one the church gets suckered into believing, is to see death as a welcome friend. We say things like, it's, you know, it's okay, it's alright, but de death... If we, when we look in these scriptures, or as we look, go through this, we will realize that the whole reason that death showed up was because of transgression. We, we've attempted to domesticize death, to, to make it something that we have control over, but that's not the case. When we look in scripture, we, don't, we, we see that we don't have control over the death part. The first book that death is presented in the book of the beginnings. Mm -hmm. In the second chapter of the book. Mm -hmm. We hear God telling Adam and Eve that if they eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they will surely die. Yeah. And now here, Paul is saying, the last enemy to be, to be destroyed is death. And then he quotes it. The book of Isaiah in verse number 54, and he says, death has been swallowed up in victory. Now, how is this victory over death given? Paul says it's a great mystery. But the key to understanding this mystery is given in verse number 54. It says, when the perishable have been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. The word here to notice is perishable and imperishable. 
While the King James says corruption and incorruption. So what does it mean when something is perishable or corruptible? Think of a banana peel that has been thrown on the side of the road. At the time, it begins to wither because it no longer has life in it. And it is of itself. It cannot sustain itself. It needs to be connected back to the bunch. So it is perishable. Us humans, we ain't no different. We are perishable. And as we grow older, we begin to wither. Just like that banana peel, as time goes by, it starts withering. So we are by nature perishable. Now everything really in the universe is perishable. And everything in the universe is unable to sustain itself. Even the sun will eventually burn out. There is only one who is imperishable and incorruptible. 1 Timothy 6.16 says that God alone is immortal, incorruptible, and lives in unapproachable light. And in the beginning, in the Garden of Eden, humans had a deep relationship with God. But we turned our backs on him. And we started down the slope to corruption, to perishability. In order to rescue us from the slide toward corruption, God would need to retrieve humanity from death itself, the great enemy. But this posed a huge problem, and it's precisely why Paul says that this is a great mystery. How could God, immortal, incorruptible, imperishable, not able to die, Retrieve us or, re yeah, retrieve us or revive us from death. Then Paul writes in verse number 57, he says, But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let me hit y'all with that again. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory. I, I want us to learn, learn that because we didn't earn the victory. The victory was given to us through Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, our Lord, the victorious one. Uh -huh. We have the victory. The, the victory over the enemy, oh, death, is given in the incarnation of God himself. God puts human flesh upon himself so that he could set us in the right position again. How could God, who was imperishable, go into the heart of death himself to save humanity? Because he had to put on perishable. As John said, the beloved one said, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So in the incarnation, the imperishable nature of God is united to the perishable nature of humanity. So God fills the darkness with his light, and death is defeated. Now, I've told you this before. I've told you that there is no such thing as darkness. Darkness is the definition for lack of light. 
Light is the substance. Darkness is the lack of the substance. So we have to realize that darkness in and of itself is not a thing. But it is the absence of the thing which is light. This might be a little bit complex for somebody, but I got to explain it to you so you understand that we are walking in the light just like Jesus is the light. And when Jesus went, I was talking to some folks the other day and I said, we have to understand that what Jesus did, he went and rescued before he ascended. The Bible says that he descended and then ascended. And so he went down and stood in front of death and said, let me show you my light. And when he showed him the light, death could no longer hold on to those that he had in captivity. When you flip on the, 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 uh, the light switch in a room, it does not uh, slowly, darkness does not slowly leave the room, it immediately leaves the room because light causes darkness to dissipate. So light fills the absence with its presence. So in the same way Jesus went into the darkness of death himself, and flip the lights on. And when he flipped the lights on, the inextinguishable light of God manifested, and all death could do was go sit in the corner with his thumb in his mouth because he couldn't do nothing about it. And so I want to encourage you today to let you know that death is a result of sin. And we've all sinned and come short of God's glorious standards out of the NLT. I love how the NLT says that. That we all come short of God's glorious standard, but thanks be to God who has given us the victory in Jesus Christ our Lord. So that's why our subtopic today is the victory is here. We We don't have to wait for the victory because it's already present. All we have to do is walk in the victory that we have received. We don't have to worry about death. We don't have to be concerned about death. We don't have to be trying to put death off. Now, I ain't saying to go do something to hurt yourself or anything like that. I have to stop myself and make sure nobody's trying to misinterpret what I'm saying. What I want you to understand is that when it comes your time, that you're not going to be worried. Why are you not going to be worried? Because you know on the other side of this situation that the light switch is going to get switched on and you're going to be in the light. When you know something, it's easier for you to go through something. So for instance, if you have lost a loved one and that loved one was in Christ Jesus, you, yes, I ain't telling you not to grieve. Grieving is part of the process of love. Grieving is, I'm going to say it again, grieving is part of the process of love. You only grieve for those folks you love. Oh, see, y'all don't want to get with me on that. But you only only grieve for the folks folks that you had a relationship, the folks that you spent time with. Those are the ones that we're grieving for. But if they are in Christ Jesus, guess what? You know they're now walking in the light. And because they're walking in the light, death no longer has victory over them. 
And but and so it should be an encouragement for us that just like they had opportunity to overcome death because of the light, that you can make that same decision and walk in the light. Why? Because victory is here. Victory over death is here. Victory over your most dire situation is here. Anything that you're going through, you have victory in Christ Jesus. When we learn how to rest in who Jesus is, he begins to give us a peace that passes all understanding. Folks are all bouncing off the walls and you're and, and wondering why ain't nothing bothering you. You didn't say nothing wasn't bothering you. You just saying that I know in the end that I'm going to come out victorious because I'm in Christ Jesus. Just because my face don't show worry don't mean I'm not concerned. But I do know I have victory. For those of us that have participated in athletic events, we realize that there comes some ever uh, some some uh, resistance to us getting a victory. The other team is trying to stop us, but we believe that we've done everything that was necessary to prepare for victory. So we go out there with the attitude that we're going to be victorious. Now the other team has that same attitude. But then it comes down to this. Who believes the most? Who believes the strongest, the hardest? Who believes? And this is the same thing with life. If I believe that I have Christ in my life and greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, whatever comes up against me, if it's not in line with the will of God, guess what? It's going to get knocked aside. It may provide some, some resistance. It may provide some, some, you know, some little headaches, a little bump in the road or whatever you want to call it. But guess what? In the end, I'm going to be victorious. Yes. Yes. So we've got to realize that victory is here. We're not waiting for the other end. We're not waiting for the passing. We are talking about right now, victory is here. The greatest, the greatest adversary to us was death, or is death, because death is the cessation of life. But even in the midst of death, when it comes, we still have victory because we know that we will be opening up our eyes before the presence of the Lord. Yes. So if we know that even the ultimate thing against life is defeated because of Jesus, what does all this other stuff really mean to us? Because victory is here. Yes. I got a pain in my body. Victory is here. I want to walk in the healing. I'm going to declare that I'm healed. And guess what? Even if God does not heal me, I still know that he can. And so I'm going to trust in his can yes. to heal me. Y'all yes. not hearing me today. Because sometimes God is taking us through a process to let us know that he has us no matter what. We were talking the other day, and a friend said, you know, it, it, it seems something that when Jesus went into the pool of Siloam, there was a whole bunch of people in there, but there was only one person that he told to rise up and walk. 
What about the other folks? You know, and, and myself, because I didn't want to start no big, deep theological discussion, I was like, well, if I saw that joker get up and walk, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to try to get up and walk too. Now, I might fall back down, but I'm going to put forth the effort to see if I can do and get whatever. And that may be what is needed. God needed to see my faith and confidence in what happened with him and said, okay. You know, they used to tell you back in the church when somebody would get a, a prophetic word, they say, there ain't nothing wrong with you grabbing hold and say, that's for me. When somebody say, your house about to get blessed, and, and you be sitting over there, I wish I was. ain't nobody say that you couldn't say, well, I want that, God, I want that to be me. I want my house to be blessed. Just because that person got the word don't mean I couldn't catch the word because I was in the presence of the word. Ooh, I like saying that myself. That went really good. So I want to I wanna, uh, leave this with you today. Is the fact that Jesus has given us the victory. And because Jesus has given us the victory, guess what we can walk in? We can walk in victory. Head held down? No, that ain't how we do. I ain't never seen a person, well, I did one time. I, I, I do have to admit, I felt so sorry for a guy beating the race because I beat him really bad. So I, was, I, was, I felt kind of sorry for him. But now when they gave me my ribbon, I wasn't sorry for them. But, you know, initially I was just like, man, I really beat you bad. I, didn't, I, I really didn't mean to beat you that bad. But I did. So, it's all good. <laughs> all right. I, well, at first it was down. Because I was like, man, I really beat him bad. I didn't mean to beat him that bad. Uh, but in the end, I held my head up high. Because I was like, I'm, I won. And we have to understand that also. That Jesus gives us the victory. Now, the last thing I want to say about this victory thing is the fact that when Jesus gives us the victory, it's not just for us. It's for us to be an example. There are folks who are watching how you deal with the victory. Just like it's folks watching with how you deal with the defeat. Because they watching. I tell you that song. Michael Jackson, I always feel like somebody watch it. That's a true song. Somebody's always watching you. They want to see how you handle your victories. They want to see how you handle your defeats. Because if you're leaning on Jesus on both ends, they will realize that Jesus is able to go with you in the victory. He's able to be with you in the defeats. And he will open up doors for you in either situation that will give him glory and work out for your good. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go ahead and call it a day today because I got like 50 more things running through my mind. And I know y'all got probably got pot roast in the oven and all that stuff I wanted to burn up because then y'all won't invite me for dinner. But anyway, I ain't saying y'all need to give me an invitation. I was just playing. But I want to just hit you with this and tell you this. That the victory is not something that is down the road. The victory is here right now. Now, in order for you to grab hold of that victory, you have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. There has to be a relationship. And the relationship is established via you accepting the gift that he has provided for you. The gift is what we call salvation. Salvation is the 
uh, rescuing or the delivering, the removing of the penalty of sin. The penalty of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. See, that's the victory right there. Right there. Eternal life. And that's what God wants for you. And so what I need you to be able to say within yourself is, I've accepted Jesus as my Savior. And because I've accepted him as my Savior, that I am no longer under the penalty of sin. Amen. Now, if you have not gone through the process, let me tell you how simple the process is. The Bible says that if you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. It also says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Saved means rescued, delivered from the penalty of sin. And so if you have made that declaration today, there's one or two things that you can do. One, you can come to 642 Fairview Road next Sunday at 10 a.m. and we can talk you through it a little bit more. Or you can email us at info at godshousecc.com and we will provide you with additional information about how to go along in this journey so that you can walk in the mindset of the victory is here. Ladies and gentlemen, Guess what? That's it for today. Episode number one of Lent, Reflection, and Preparation. Subtopic, the victory is here. Until next week, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name. Thank <laughs> you.